the, the, the regulatory uh, uh, problem for for all cryptocurrencies that, you know that aren't in some way part of the formal system is that uh, they're, they're going to fail the, um, the the FICA test. You know, so so just not to talk too much jargon, but basically, you know, when we when we trade and deal with with significant amounts of money, and that's you know that's basically five thousand rand or more. You know, companies and banks and everybody else need to know. Who we are, and they need to verify our identity. They need to know where we, um, you know, our, our, our proof of income, our tax numbers, all of those kinds of things, proof of address, all of that, um, and and that's where where, where uh, Bitcoin f- fails immediately. You should always be happy to miss out on on profits that other people are making on investments. Uh, you know, if you don't understand what you're buying, and I think that's a critical point here. Is if you if you're not an absolute expert in this field and you, and, and you have a deep understanding of what's going on, then, then my answer is uh, avoid it. You know, and 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 rather buy things that you have a better understanding of. My name is Diana, and this is the Family Finance Show, the podcast to help you manage your family's finances better. Every week, we share an episode on topics relating to increasing your family's income and managing expenses, controlling your debt, and investing for the future. Welcome to the Family Finance Show with Diana Grenu, proudly brought to you by Old Mutual. This podcast is your weekly guide to effective budgeting, planning, and future-proofing of your family's finances. Because money matters to every family, and every family matters at Old Mutual. Enjoy the show. I hear a lot of confusing and often contradictory information on Bitcoin. For this episode, I asked Warren Ingram to give us a common sense guide to Bitcoin. What is it? Should we invest in it? What are the benefits and risks involved in Bitcoin? And will it replace the RAND? These and other questions answered by Warren in this episode. Sure, so I had to do a lot of research for this topic, Warren. Um, To start off with, I always find it helpful to define what we're talking about. So Bitcoin is, is basically a digital currency. It's entirely digital, so there aren't actually any coins or paper money. It's completely digital. Um, it's one kind of cryptocurrency. There are more. Uh, Bitcoin also has a fixed supply and it runs on a technology called blockchain. So I do know a little bit about blockchain because in a previous job, I looked into using blockchain to solve the problem of copyright and licensing of digital video content. So it's a powerful technology and there's there's many applications for blockchain outside of Bitcoin. How do you see Bitcoin, Warren, either from a technology or an investment perspective? I think the technology uh, behind Bitcoin and and the sort of the the, the overlay of of trying to create a finite supply uh, of something you know to make uh, to, to make this generate some form of value makes sense to me. I think there's you know we're, we're definitely watching um, you know the the kind of a new technology and maybe not just a technology but a new way of doing things being born. And and I think it's hugely promising. You know, it's not just in in in, in money. You know, it's going to be for for a range of things. I think uh, you know, going through, for example, uh, the the way supply chains work. You know, I know Walmart, for example, wants to know 
exactly where every piece of fruit that they ever buy comes from. And, and they, want to, they want to be able to show that to a customer if there is a problem and, and obviously it makes them more efficient. So, so I think blockchain it's on its own is, is, is hugely helpful. And I think the, the overlay of, of, of adding a way of transacting is, is equally valuable. The, the difficulty we have at the moment with something like Bitcoin or, or a range of these cryptocurrencies is that the price is so volatile. The price can go, you know, up hundreds of a percent in in a very short space of time, and equally can fall hundreds of, or not hundreds of percent, but it can fall by, by nearly a hundred percent in in a very short space of time as well. And that, for me, makes it a very difficult uh, mechanism to use to actually buy and sell stuff. Remember the the ultimate. A purpose of of a currency, it doesn't matter what the currency is, is to make it easy to buy and sell goods or services between people in the safest, most efficient way possible. And that's where Bitcoin falls over for me at the moment. Maybe in the future it won't, but but at the moment it takes a long time for that transaction to actually be checked and cleared, you know, uh, through through a, uh, their, their system. And and they are. Thousands of times slower, for example, than what Visa or Mastercard are at the moment with with a credit contract, credit card transaction. So, so firstly, the speed of transaction is a problem, and then secondly, you know, uh, if I were if I were to pay for things on on a normal basis with with uh, bitcoins or fractions of a bitcoin, how do I know w- what I'm actually going to pay? Because you know, if I'm busy dealing with you, uh, you, you know, and we and we say, well, you, you know, th- this is going to cost you. A, one eighth of a Bitcoin, and and suddenly you know Bitcoin doubles in 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 price. Then then you know, it's become twice as expensive for you to buy something from me, and I've really scored. So so that kind of uh, of huge moves in price, I, I find problematic as well. So so I think uh, it it I can see huge parallels with the way that the 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 internet actually started uh, kind of gaining uh, you know popularity, and and that was right back in in late nineteen nineties, you know the very early two thousands. In the late 1990s, we all knew by, by looking at what the internet was going to do that it would change the way that we do business. It was going to have a material impact. The problem is that investors started buying into companies that were the, the early adopters of this and, and, and you know, telling us that they were going to be the ones that would change the way that the world works and, and their share prices shot up. Unfortunately, their share prices collapsed soon after because they, they hadn't come up with proper business models. And it was only really about a decade later where we saw the real impact of an Amazon and the real impact of of, of retailing online that that we then realized okay the, the promise of, of of the internet as a new way of doing business had arrived and I think we're in a similar sort of space now with with Bitcoin where you know the early adopters are are, are, are telling us uh, about this and and some of them are really fanatical about this you know and, and saying you know that this is going to be the, the change and you know you know anybody that's over forty-five like me, you know, you know, is an idiot because you know we don't believe in it and we, we're dinosaurs, etc. And and that's not really true. I just think I've I've watched this kind of a movie before, and I think the early adopters don't necessarily make uh, make investors a lot of money. It's what comes afterwards that makes a lot of money. So so you know, is it a is it going to be a viable form of transacting and moving money and goods and services? Around the world, and uh, you know, especially to to developing economies, yes, I think I think that's certainly going to be the case. Is Bitcoin the thing that's going to take over the world? I'm 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 going to say let's wait and see. Um, it might take take on some of the role that we've seen gold play in the last 100, 200 years, where it becomes an asset that's not related to stock markets or currency markets and the like. It might be something that becomes a store of value when we're all afraid. Uh, but but I think I can't see much more of an investment case for Bitcoin beyond that at the moment. 
So you raised a whole lot of interesting points there, Warren. Uh, to touch on some of the the pros and cons of, of Bitcoin, um, you posted on LinkedIn, I think it was a great article by Ray Dalio. Uh, he's someone who's thinking I, I admire a lot. And in the article, he, he raised a couple of points on the downsides of, of Bitcoin, some of them being the, the risk that governments may attempt to shut down the currency or prevent it from being used. And he um, also the argument of limited supply, Bitcoin proponents do always make this point in any anything that they write or speak about, um, with the intention of saying an unlimited supply is inherent, inherently beneficial. But I don't think that that's, that's right. If you look at um, diamonds, for example, there you have a situation of scarcity, but there's also a big consumer demand. So you need a demand for these things as, as well as the, the scarcity. And, uh, and I, don't see, I don't see that for Bitcoin. I haven't seen a lot of consumer demand for it in, in my in my life, and I am a consumer. And uh, Ray, Ray Dalio made the point there in that article that um, even if Blackberries had limited supply, they wouldn't be highly priced because they've been replaced by by competitors. And, and you know, my main issue with Bitcoin is that I, I can't use it for anything. So what is the utility of the currency in daily life? Um, I get that the issues with the rand and the dollar that Bitcoin can solve, but will it actually replace uh, the rand and the dollar. Will people start using it that way? What do you think? I, I don't think so. I think uh, the, the, the regulatory uh, uh, problem for for all cryptocurrencies, that, you know, that, that aren't in some way part of the formal system, is that uh, they, they're going to fail the, um, the the FICA test. You know, so so just not to talk too much jargon, but basically, you know, when we when we trade and deal with with significant amounts of money and that's you know that's basically 5000 rand or more you know companies and banks and everybody else need to know who we are and um, they need to verify our identity they need to know where we um, you know our, our, our proof of income our tax numbers all of those kinds of things proof of address all of that um, and and that's where 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 uh, bitcoin f- fails immediately you know the the the, the 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 difficulty there is that it's actually anonymous you know and and so you know that might sound like a good thing for people who um, hate big governments and and think that you know the governments themselves are inherently corrupt and all of those things, uh, and and I mean that's that's a completely different story. But for now, for it to be widely used as something that you know you and I can go and and for example uh, buy things, you know, buy our groceries and and transact online and do it in a quick seamless way with small amounts of money for small things and large amounts of money. It, you know, the, the, the trick there is how are we going to be identified in a way that will make uh, make everybody happy that we're not uh, laundering money or, or, you know, hiding terrorist uh, proceeds of terrorism or crime or something like that, drug, drug smuggling, all of those kinds of things. So, you know, the, the, this is a, you know, cryptocurrencies and, um, are a great favorite for, for, for the criminals and the terrorists because it's a way of being an anonymous. Uh, and and sure, I'm not saying that you know everybody that uses Bitcoin and, and other cryptos are all terrorists or, or, or are criminals. That, that's far from the case. But just that 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 you know that shield that it provides is a great place for for bad people to do bad things, um, and that's a big concern for me. So so you know I think you're right that at some point that this will be replaced. Um, by a better, uh, you know, better technology that's that's more widely accepted. I also get the point that we, you know, a lot of people who are, are uh, I, I would call them Bitcoin fundamentalists. You know, they, they are they are really anti-government in a big way, and and saying, you know, that we're too regulated, too controlled, um, you know, and that 
that the value of what we have in life is, is actually determined by some central banker who decides to print more money or print less money or increase interest rates or decrease interest rates. And that can materially change our entire lives. And, and you know, wh why should they have the right to do that? Why can't we decide what goes on in our lives? And why do we have to pay so much tax for corruption and all of those kinds of things? So, so there's some real uh, big issues that, that, that uh, you know, the, the Bitcoin fanatics, um, you know, would like to solve around society. But I think that the, the two issues often get confused. You know, you know, for me, what I'm looking for is how can I take out the costs of transacting and make those costs of transacting much lower and speed up transactions? And I think there, maybe blockchain and, and a form of cryptocurrency can add huge value. But, uh, you know, to, to keep it anonymous and, and to keep it hidden, um, it, it's, it's just going to um, end. You know, the story will end because eventually... Uh, I don't want to, you know, if I'm transacting, I know I don't want to transact on the other side with with, with a, a terrorist or a, or a drug dealer or somebody like that. You know, I want to know who I'm transacting with and make sure that that where my money goes is to the causes that I believe in and and to uh, companies I believe in if I'm going to buy their goods. And that's where I think this thing will fall over. Mm, I, I agree with you. And the the point you made around being able to transfer money quickly and seamlessly across borders specifically is is quite an important use of, of Bitcoin. I've had to, through my business mainly, deal with companies all over the world. And um, transferring money is is really expensive. It's irritating how, how expensive it's made to transfer money. And it, it takes time. I don't understand why it, it takes so long. So I get why, why people think that Bitcoin um, it can solve these problems. But I guess the thing is that it... It solves some problems and creates other issues, um, especially, yeah, um, for some of the issues you've raised about the anon anonymity of it. So, Warren, there seem to be three different ways that you can get Bitcoin. So, somebody can pay you in Bitcoin, which doesn't seem to be too common because I've never had a, a client offering to pay me in Bitcoin. You can buy your own Bitcoin as an investment, which seems to be what's the most popular right now. Everyone is investing in Bitcoin and you can also mine Bitcoin. Why do people see Bitcoin as a valuable investment? Uh, I, I think they are caught up in a, in a speculation. Well, let, let me not uh, generalize completely, but I think there, there, there are the, the, the fundamentalists that, and I think they are the large majority of, of the, the, the people who actually own most of the Bitcoins around. And those are people that have been in you know, Bitcoin really early on and they've, they've, they've been big holders of Bitcoin for a long period of time. And so I, I believe those are people that are saying that this is something that's going to take time to build as a, as a, a method of, of transaction and a store of, of value. And, and we're just going to hold our coins. And, and those are people that, you know, would, would, would ride out all these big you know, ups and downs. But then on the edge of that, you know, the, the people that are trading the, the smallest volume of Bitcoins are those who are basically getting in because they've got a fear of missing out. And, and what happens is they see the price rising, they jump in because they think, you know, this thing's just going to go up forever. Uh, and and then you know some talking head says, yep, you know we forecast that it's going to go from twenty thousand dollars to forty thousand dollars in three weeks and two days, and and people don't, people want in on that, and you know the the, the greed element kicks in, uh, and I think that that's where a lot of this the, the sort of hype comes in when things are going well, and then that fear of missing out is what causes people to to jump in, but 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 ultimately it's important to understand it isn't. 
there isn't a fundamental value calculation you can make with with your Bitcoin. You can't say, you know, it's worth, you know, it's two kilograms of gold. Here is the gold. I can actually see it in a vault, and there it is. This thing is, as you said at the start, it's it it. In one sense, it doesn't exist at all. It only exists because we all believe it exists, and we've got, you know, kind of ledgers, you know, which is basically just a major big series of Excel spreadsheets all over the world saying, you know, I'm, I've got and you've got, and and there we go. But you know, the reality is, it's much like a modern currency. It's a, it's a it's a belief that this thing has value, not a, not a practical thing, and that's where the, the difficulty comes in. Because if you're treating it as investment, you know, what, what are the dividends you're going to earn from Bitcoin? Zero. What's the interest you're going to get from Bitcoin? Zero. Uh, you know, what, what's the guaranteed capital growth? Zero. Uh, so all you're going to do is you're going to hold this thing and hope that someone decides to buy it from you in the future because they believe in it more strongly than you do at a point in time, or they're more afraid of the world at that point in time than you are. Uh, and and that's there, there are a lot of beliefs uh, that have to kind of align for you to make money out of Bitcoin, especially if you're buying it at a, at a very high level. So so I think it's. It's not an investment, you know. At the moment, I think it's it's a speculation uh, weapon almost, you know, and and it catches the unwary uh, consumer who who just you know has this fear of missing out. But uh, but the smart money, I think, uh, you know, if they're if the smart money's in there, and we never know because they're, they're not going to tell us. Uh, they they go and they manipulate the market through through good press articles. They you know they they see a jump in share price or sorry in Bitcoin price. They sell out and um, and and then they go in again later when, once everyone's afraid and the price has collapsed and they create the new wave. I think that's what's happening here. You know, there are lots of people, you know, be using that that anonymous screen uh, to to kind of manipulate the market and manipulate the unwary consumer. And then when when people like me go, go on uh, on a podcast like this, you know, th- then we kind of get discredited because we're we're talking against the the new way. You know, you you're kind of anti you know I'm not the anti establishment guy and therefore I'm talking about vested interests and protecting the banking system, which is rubbish. I'm not. Uh, ultimately, I'm trying to get people to make sensible decisions for their own money for the long term. And I think at the moment, there are lots of people acting against the ordinary investor when you look at Bitcoin. There are lots of people with with really ill intent that are that are behind the scenes. And, and that's the problem with, with this as an investment for now. Yeah, I mean, I see it as just common sense what what we're talking about here. But I suppose often people can can misinterpret what's said. When you're speaking about fear of missing out, which is driving a lot of smaller investors to put their money into Bitcoin because they they want to ride the the wave of Bitcoin, um, I've also noticed that um, a lot of people can get scammed very easily because if you just someone tells you your neighbor, somebody at a bri, you should invest in Bitcoin. You'll just jump on the first uh, person you find on Twitter or somebody contacts you. And, and how can you avoid being scammed on Bitcoin? Uh, I, I guess it's, it's, it's not enough just to say, just don't, just don't go there, just avoid it, uh, which is my starting point. You know, the, 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 you, um, you should always be happy to miss out on on profits that other people are making on investments. Uh, you know, if you don't understand what you're buying, and I think that's a critical point. Here, is if you if you're not an absolute expert in this field and you, and, and you have a deep understanding of what's going on, then, then my answer is uh, avoid it. You know, and 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 rather buy things that you have a better understanding of uh, would would be my most common sense answer I can give. However, if you're going to do this, then you need to buy. 
you, you need to buy into Bitcoin through recognized uh, institutions. I know there are more and more uh, you know, you know, financial institutions that are offering, uh, you know, the ability to buy and sell uh, cryptocurrencies through their systems, you know, either banking systems or stockbroking systems. And, and so to me, that's one way. And I think there are quite a few uh, reputable companies that are that are about to or have issued um, exchange traded funds that you can, you know, that, that represent a basket of, of uh, cryptocurrencies. And that would be, a, I think, a more at least a safer way from the perspective of avoiding a scam, but whether, whether you'll make any money is a different question altogether. But but those would be the ways that I, I would suggest. I think, you know, at the moment, um, reputation counts. And that's the problem for, for the Bitcoin fundamentalists because they don't want the big institutions uh, launching exchange-traded funds and the big banks offering ways to buy in with their secure uh, banking systems. They, they want to be the anti-bank, the anti-system. And uh, and so I think, you know, the... the the, the, the success of Bitcoin is that it has to become widely accepted by big institutions that are reputable and and that will be the death of Bitcoin according to the fundamentalists. So so I think it's a fascinating space, but but for me, my, my short answer is when I don't understand something very well, I, I avoid it and, and I'm happy to miss out on the profits as long as I'm not making big losses uh, in the things that I buy that I don't understand. And the last point that I wanted to make is... Um that a lot of investors are becoming more and more interested in ESG, so environmental, social, and governance aspects of investing. Companies who do well on those metrics, uh, people are, are want to invest in those companies. And when I was doing this research on Bitcoin, I read somewhere that Bitcoin mining is equivalent to the power consumed. So the power that's used to mine Bitcoin is equivalent to the power consumed by Switzerland over the course of a year. So that's a huge amount of energy to keep these Bitcoins in circulation. Um, it's fine if all that is clean energy, but I'm sure at least some of it is coming from coal-fired power stations, which is which is very bad for global warming. Um, but anything else you think listeners should be aware of when it comes to Bitcoin, Warren? Uh, no, I, mean, I think you make a great point. I know, um, I know that 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 the, the Icelandic um, economy is starting to get a, a real benefit from. Not just Bitcoin miners, but but you know Bitcoin miners are a big part of the the the, the role that they're playing there in building big uh, big big server farms where uh, where Bitcoins are being mined and other cryptos as well because they you know they've got their their renewable energy and they're very cold a very cold climate which means they don't have to spend so much money on heating so so I think you you make a great point but but if you are you know if you are in any way conscious of of uh, where your money goes and you want your money the way you spend or invest to align with your values. And 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 you say, well, you know, so environmental, social, and governance. Uh, Bitcoin fails at governance every single time because you don't know who's on the other side of the the transaction from you. You don't know who's making money. You don't know that you're actually helping miner, you know, let's say coal miners or somebody or or drug dealers or you know, child labor, uh, you know, protagonists and 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 the like uh, from, from storing money and and creating value for themselves. At the at the huge social or environmental expense, you just you would have no idea. So if you've got any kind of you know conscience around around your money, uh, and that's a big issue for you, then, then you know trading in, in bitcoins is is a, it has to be a no no just on principle. Uh, so so I think you know it's important that people understand this this issue in more depth if they if that's their angle. Uh, but but beyond that, you know, I'm, I know I'm going to get a huge abuse on my social media now after this podcast goes out. But but my point is not that uh, the, the technology is not extremely valuable, and not that the current system has huge flaws. That, that those are all true. 
but but just be careful that you don't understand the stuff i think a lot of people don't understand i don't i don't claim to understand every part of this and and you know i probably won't until i've done you know years of study in math but but the point is when you don't understand don't worry about missing out on the profits just buy the things that you understand better that are more widely recognized and more widely researched so that you know what risks you're taking and you know what your potential upside is and your potential downside and and that's the way to make money over time you know don't be afraid to plod along for a while building your 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 financial palace brick by brick you know you don't need to build it all in one day that's that's a great way to lose money as well yeah indeed and here on the podcast we're just trying to help people make better financial decisions so we're just trying to give everyone the information that they need to decide or not decide to invest in bitcoin so thanks so much for your time today on the podcast warren thanks so much for having me Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to stay on the journey to improving your family's financial well-being. Thank you for listening to The Family Finance Show with Diana Grenou, proudly brought to you by Old Mutual. The time is now to own your financial future. Visit oldmutual.co.za for more great advice, articles, free budgeting tools and calculators, or to find a financial advisor. We'll be back next week.